0: Hello friends and welcome for the first time this season to our very happy Monday Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. Ipswich Town have only gone and done it. They've bloody won a game, haven't they, at the ninth attempt. Beat Lincoln 1-0 on Saturday. I don't think any of us were expecting that, but what a result. And suddenly, friends, everything has changed. Today is going to be a relentlessly positive podcast after negativity of last week so let's enjoy it while we can my name is Mark Heath I'm your host I'm afraid to inform you that the big porker Mike Bacon is not with us today so that you can hear is the sound of many of his fans just switching off straight away but please stick with us if you can we'll try and be entertaining um, as we normally are but he's not with us today those that are with us are the three guys who are at Lincoln I'm going to start first of all with Roscoe Ross Halls The man with the camera sitting pitch side, the prospect, the prodigy, the man who captured Ashton going full beast mode, slapping everyone's hand or head, as Stewie puts, butting heads with people to celebrate, American football style. And friend, you captured, that video now has gone over 80,000 views on Twitter. It's, It's well over in the thousands on Facebook and Instagram. It's the most watched bit of content we've ever produced. Fantastic stuff. How are you, Ross Halls? They did it, did they? They done it. They got a dub. They got a win.
1: They got a W and um, I didn't get hit by Mark Ashton because I was very close to getting hit with one of his fist pumps. But um, I tried my best to keep a distance. But uh, yeah, what a moment. And uh, what a weird feeling on a Monday after a win. Strange, isn't it?
0: What is this? Yeah. What is this strange feeling that I'm experiencing? Oh, that, that's right. It's positivity. Um, boys, the positive pair, the gruesome twosome, double trouble, thunder and lightning. Andy Warren, I guess you'd be thunder. Would you be lightning? I don't know. Um, Pachi, how are you? I'll be
2: whichever of those you want me to be. Um, I'd have loved it if Ross had been laid out by a by a, <laughs> by, by a stray fist pump just, and the video, and the video just went black.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> good work, Ross. By the way, we watched. We had a. We were watching you from the stands. Um, put a, put a couple of little bursts of speed in to keep up with Mister Ashton to so sort of do a little dart to get ahead of him and get that. Photog- to get that content.
2: Yeah. A photographer gave up, Steve Waller, photographer, He, I think he gave up halfway, didn't he? But Ross, nope. Sticking hey, in there, skipping he, around. He's getting it all.
0: Ross goes a younger, more virile man, and therefore he proved that. And we'll, I want to talk about that at some point, boys, because obviously that's um, sparked something of a debate across social media, but we'll get to that towards the end of the game. You've already heard his dulcet tones. The doctor is with us as well, Stuart Watson. Sporting, what what you described as a, what did you call it? A, a succulent a plant just over your left-hand shoulder, which is unlike anything sport, I've ever seen.
3: Sporting it suggests I'm wearing it. I'm not wearing a plant. Um, True. I have. I have a new. I've started adding a bit of greenery to my spare bedroom. Spend a lot of time in here in this little office setup. So yeah, added a few succulents. I, I described it as a platted succulent. Don't That's right. I think it's an aloe vera, but it's um, viewers of this will see. We'll see that in the corner here.
0: If uh, if you're only listening to this, it's well worth watching the video as well, just to see Stu's unusual plant because it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm not sure how that's going to grow, Stu, because it is literally in, intertwined.
3: Uh, no, me neither. This was um, I, I yeah, a, a late purchase. I saw a lady selling them on a, a market stall as I was wandering through town the other day. I thought I'll have that impulse. Um, it, it needs watering. I, I don't know if I'll remember to to do that, but.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Coming coming soon, KOA spin-off Gardening with Stuart Watson. Um, let's yep. talk, boys, about Ipswich Town winning a game because we've not been able to do that this season, and it's tremendous. As I say, um, <clears throat> last week's pod uh, was a little bit negative, and necessarily so because of the results and also the fan social. Bloody hell! I'm pleased. Well, the main reason I'm pleased that we won is just so those guys can cheer up. Jesus, Ross, we're getting relegated. It was it was un- unbelievable stuff. Anyway, we're not now. We're going to win the league. We're soaring on to win the league, 25 to 1. Boys, I'm going to start with you, Stu. If it's Town 1-1-0 one, one, at Lincoln, it was, I would say, unexpected. None of us predicted a victory, certainly um, in terms of the way the season had been going. Your opening thoughts, please.
3: Brilliant. Relief all round. I think relief is the word. You could, you could feel that amongst the fans. You could see that in Ashton's celebration first of all, really pleased for Paul Cook on a personal level after the the difficult week he's had with his father passing away on the Thursday. And then he's had to do three football matches before he's even been able to go home and see the rest of his family. So we do often forget that football managers and players are human beings and not just the names and numbers on the backs of their shirts. And so really pleased for him, just pleased for everybody associated with Ipswich Town. Um, It felt like a big moment. This, I think, if this goes on to be the season that we we hope and still believe that it could be, this is this will be a really big moment that we look back on. One um, that That is exactly the sort of result and performance that Ipswich Town needed. Um, had a bit of everything. First first half, I thought they looked like they were beginning to click more as an attacking force. Yes, they've scored lots of goals in previous games and played some decent football. But this looked a more structured, joined-up attacking performance in that first half. Second half was all about the sort of defensive work. And um, they looked like, again, they knew what they were doing a little bit more. There was more aggression. There was more edge to them. And I'll be honest, although it felt a bit nervy, those last seven minutes, Lincoln Lincoln were desperate in terms of their attempts to get that, that equaliser. which had... had navigated the toughest moment in the game. They slammed the door in their face. They fully deserved this win. Mm.
0: Can I tell you who else was happy? Both of you. Stewie and Hutchie, little after the game, I know you boys are hardened football journalists, cynically hardened over years of covering football and the various things in the game. But I could tell there was a little glint in your eye in your little reaction video at the end. And obviously Hutchie then decided it was time to take on the challenge of the beast, which we're going to talk about in due course. little celebration amongst yourselves. Peek behind the curtain time, boys. Um, I changed my tradition as well on Saturday. I want the town to win so badly. Normally I, I follow it through Stewie Watson's excellence tweets. But I thought, no, when I do this, Town end up conceding late on. Um, so I'm going to sit and watch final score on the TV. I had the, I had the win gift ready to go on KOA. And then, of course, there was about four years of added time. I thought, what's going on? Um, and then, obviously, they finally they finally got the uh, the result. So that means now, boys, every Saturday I'm around, I'm going to have to sit and watch final score um, until Town lose. So there you go. Hutchie, how was it for you?
2: Who's on final score these days? It's not something uh, I'm ever 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 able to watch because we're always was, at the ground. It
0: was it was Carlton Cole, Dion Dublin, and the bald geezer uh, presenter. Jason, is his name Jason,
2: Jason Mohammed.
0: That's it. Yep, that's he's him. good.
2: I like I like him. He so was you've quite
0: got, good. Yeah, you've
2: got Jason Mohammed, You have got the present the host of Homes Under the Hammer, and then Carlton <laughs> Cole. Why would not? Why, why wouldn't that be the Saturday afternoon lineup? Um, yeah, it was like Stu said. I, th- I think this was the exact way that they needed to do this. Not not winning kind of a wild west shootout three two like all the other games, because they they answered a. L- I don't think you can necessarily say at this point all these questions are definitively answered. Um, but as a as a one off game, they answered a lot of the a lot of the questions that we had going into it. Can they can they hold on to a lead? Yeah. Can they keep the other team out for an entire game and keep a clean sheet? Yeah. Uh, can the fullbacks not calm down a bit and and not leave the gap in behind? Yeah. Can the midfield control the game a bit more? Yeah. And they did. And they answered all of those questions all combined to get the job done. And, and for me, that's a lot more, fills me with a lot more confidence coming out of it than it would have done if they'd come away winning 3-2 in another mm-hmm. kind of Wild West gunfight where the, the last shot wins it. Um, yeah, feel good
0: superb um roscoe your your first thoughts before we get into the the meat and gravy of the actual game
1: and breathe because that at a time i was filming that whole at a time i was like come on come on ref because i wanted to get the the celebrations of the fans and i was like amount of times i had to stop it because i was like okay we're not this is not going to end yet and i think i did it like four or five times because i was just waiting for that that sheer relief from the fans um but as you know hutchie said a clean sheet. That's another big bonus for me to keep a team out. Lincoln, they're known for scoring goals and we were able to keep them out. You know, last time fans were actually at Lincoln, we lost 5-3. Um, and then, of course, something else happened after that, which included five. But we won't get into that. But um, he's one of our own. He's one of our own. And you know the rest. McCauley Barn, again, scoring his fifth goal of the season. Ah, oh, what a header. What's, what good cross from Colson? Although I watched the back, he has got a lot of space. Linker didn't close him down very quick enough, but um, he actually slipped as well, Colson. So luckily, he, he got the ball, whipped it in, and yeah, McCauley with the header. But um, just stop, uh, just breathe, finally get that first win of the season.
0: I'm buzzing, boy. Foul it was, mate. Never a goal that. Foul. <laughs> um, and it, we'll, we'll come on to that. Siri, let's get into the, the actual kind of analysis of the game then. I guess the main talking point going into the game, without doubt, was this was the game we were going to see Bersan Salina in some shape or form. I think we all probably expected him to come off the bench, but he started. And the other kind of interesting thing that happened when I looked at the team was, of course, Hadke was was in goal, which which none of us predicted. Walton obviously got a knock in training and we all collectively went, oh, no, that's so Ipswich Town. Um But no, it worked out. Hadkey got a clean sheet uh, and Selina started. Your thoughts on on those talking points and the team as a whole?
3: I was watching Selena very closely in the warm-up and he has got a steely look about him at the moment. He just, well, the rest, normally they sort of split into two groups. The defenders go and sort of, one of the coaches chucks the the ball up in the air and they take it in turns to head it away and then the rest kind of go and um, pepper shots at the goal and working on their shooting. There was a, a three-way split this time where Selena, very much at the middle of a little warm-up group, including uh, Fraser, Evans and Carroll, kind of went and did their own sort of really sharp one-touch pass movement, just sort of in, in a box in the middle of the pitch. But Selena was very much the sort of the middle man of that. It was kind of working off, playing off of him. And his presence in the team... Actually, I'd say two players' presence in the team changed the dynamic. Selina and Tom Carroll coming into the team for Harper. We've talked about Ipswich. All of their attacking play was down the flanks. And it it made them a little bit predictable, perhaps, at at times. And there was a lack of penetration through the middle of the park. It gave them a lack of control. Those two players changed the way Ipswich played because they're two players who want the ball. And so Ipswich went through the middle as well as wide. Um, And... Selina flashes of his uh, undoubted ability. We saw that. There was one really well-weighted through pass for for Burns in the first half when, when Burns fired just over. A really sharp one-two with Fraser to, to burst into the box, and there was a last-ditch tackle on him. And then, understandably, he sort of faded second half. First of all, they moved him out to the left, and then eventually he came off, uh, I think, around 65 minutes, um, which helped. But if that is... Bursant selina he's not even half fit, is he? Let's be honest. He's had no pre-season at all. He's had uh, COVID, a heart-related issue off the back of that. For him to go straight into the starting 11 and to perform to that that level excites me about what's to come.
0: Mm. We talked before the game and have talked all season about the number 10 position at town being a real problem in terms of just not being able to get into the game. Selena was in that spot on, on Saturday. Is that the kind of best that you've seen it it played thus far, Stewie?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think it affects the players around him as well. We've talked a lot about Scott Fraser not being suited to playing wide, but I think Selena brought the best out in him because those two sort of naturally... Interchanged at times. Fraser wants to to drop in on play on the inside. Selena's natural tendency is drip, to drift out to the left at times. So those two look like they had a bit of an instant rapport there. A couple of really nice Scott Fraser, sort of inside left crosses that kind of bent their way across the box at times. So yes, of all the sort of number ten options so far, that was the he was involved far more than than any of the others. Thus far. So as I said right at the very start, this looked like a more sort of joined up structured team, more players that were sort of playing in systems that were were suited to them.
0: Mm. Now, Hutchie, I've waited to ask you this question because it's only right I asked you this question. My friend, we are living in another period of the denacents. Genoi Donation (laughs) comes in. As we as we speculated, he would for for Kvy. He'd been struggling a little bit, and um, we talked about last week the type of player he is. He's not going to be that kind of marauding fullback, but maybe that's not really what Town needed or need at the moment. Uh, and he's coming and he's done a job, hasn't he, Hutchie? I
2: think it it went exactly as we discussed in the in the pod towards the end of last week, didn't it? I think I think clearly by by type, Kane Vincent Young is is what. Paul Cook wants a fully flying kane Vincent Young is what Paul Cook wants as a fullback. But right now, right now, Janoy's Janoy's perfect for that role. He's he's a, a right sided defender who enjoys being a right sided defender. Enjoys defending. He's not he's not as hopeless as getting forward as some people might might think. He he can do it. He he can get on the ball. He can cross the ball as well. Um, but it's not his first thought. And and on this occasion. That's exactly what they needed, particularly down the, the Lincoln left, where where Scully is on a, an amazing run of form. Cohen Brammel, we we've seen him before. The pace of him really dangerous. I I really like the way that that Janoy and um Janoy and Wes Burns kind of played that down the right flank. I think there was a game plan there, and I think it was executed really well. Genoy wasn't getting forward and hugging touch lines. He was kind of tucking in a little bit deeper to to stop the runs of Scully coming towards goal yeah there were times he got the ball but that's always going to happen you can't stop players getting the ball completely but mm. they blocked off those runs and then burns job was to to kind of look after after brammel and his his pace going down the outside and i, I think sometimes you maybe looked up and thought oh you know he's getting a bit narrow here but i think that's what they wanted to do it, it's how it looked to me anyway and um yeah it worked out it worked out really quite well on on Selina and the number 10 i, I don't think you're going to get anything else from him but to be involved in that position because I don't think he would allow his teammates not to give him the ball which as a number 10 I don't think you can bypass bursant selina so that, that's why I think that one that one worked out a little bit a little bit better and remember as well when when selina was here before he isn't a player that kind of dominates games from from memory he's not kind of a player that's kind of constantly the main man on the ball all the time, doing it. He's a big moments player, um, so that so to see him kind of popping the ball about one. He's very much a one touch player, isn't he, Stu? Like everything he was doing was one touch, quickly recycle the ball, move quickly. But then he produces a big moment, and that's what he did so many times during that loan spell, and what hopefully,
0: hopefully he'll be able to do um, in the future. Can we reflect also on your player ratings actually? Because let's let's face it, so far this season you've been writing three far more times than you'd like. But this game there was a flourish. There were sevens, I think, with the lowest. There were plenty of eights, and there was a nine as well. Cameron Burgess, I thought, yeah, for, I,
2: I I think the consensus has been that Janoy was uh, the man of the match, which I'm I'm fine with. Um, but for me, Burgess Burgess was the, the man I was most impressed with. Some may, maybe eights and nines are a bit high for for the actual performance and what was produced. But the, those player ratings, it's about an aura. It's not. Mm. It's not. It's not a defined number system. This is an aura. So much goes into it. This feel. Touch aura move all come <laughs> all combines, and that and that and then it just come it just comes out because on on the day just how much pressure was on Ipswich going into this game to like every game that's going on the pressure and pressure to get this result is building and and those those numbers maybe reflected how they handled that but yeah Burgess Burgess and nine I I think for me he got his head on everything um he did it in the first half as a centre half. And then he did it in the second half as a, as a left back as well. The obvious thing when, when Coulson went off, we were probably, you would assume that, that would have gone to left back and, um, Luke Wolfenden would have gone in at right back. Um, but then you think about it a bit more, actually, they've prepared Janoy Danassian all week to play this kind of right-sided role against Lincoln's left. Don't take him out of that. He's doing, they're doing a good job, leave him, leave him in. And that meant that Burgess had to go to left back and, um, I think he, I think he did that job just as well there as he did in the
3: centre. So nine. Yeah, I think um, Donassian and Burgess were were probably the ones that kind of caught the eye the most because of you know Donassian's had one of the league's most informed left wingers in, in his pocket. Um, Burgess, like every time that Lincoln air raid siren sounded to to signal a corner coming into the box, there was Burgess to head it away and then adapted really well to left back. But there's a couple of others in there that I've got to mention as well. I think you mentioned Halagki there that we haven't really spoken about so far. That is real character to kind of recover from the start of the season that he's had where everyone's he looked like he was completely overawed stepping up from League 2. He's gone from a starter to them signing a goalkeeper on deadline day to dropping not only out of the 11, but out of the 18 completely. And fate means that his chances come. Thomas Holy has a night to forget against... West Ham under-21s on the Tuesday night. Christian Walton goes over in training on on the Thursday, we believe. I think it was Thursday or Friday uh, before the game. And all of a sudden, like he's back in goal. And um, it could could easily have been sort of a bag of nerves coming back into this. But, OK, he didn't have loads to do in this game. His goal wasn't peppered. But I just thought he had a lot more of a calmness and composure about him. Every time there were shots down his throat, he just... He, he just snaffled everything. It, there was a really confident punch from a corner early on in the game. So credit to him. And I think it certainly helped by having two aggressive centre-halves in front of him. And I want to give a mention to George Edmondson as well, who was part of, you know, this is a team that conceded five goals seven days earlier against Bolton. And there was a moment, I, I, I look back at sort of a moments that set the tone in the game. And in the 12th minute, George Edmondson, George Edmondson absolutely smashed Tom Tom. Hopper, Lincoln's big centre forward. It was a real sort of forearm smash about, you know, charged out of the defence and, and left him down on the floor. That was around the time of the hockey punch. And that was like, OK, the two centre-halves have, have listened to Cook. They've got to be a bit more aggressive edge about them today. There was, um, you know, a couple of moments where they they really combined the two centre-halves to to really sort of charge things down and make big blocks. And, um, yeah, uh, that, that whole defensive unit, massive credit to them. It was like night and day from the Bolton game.
0: That's the sort of thing that gets you going, isn't it, Stewie? Being a, a centre-back yourself, a big forearm shiver from the centre-back. Also... Yeah, no,
3: there was one right on half-time as well. Coulson <clears throat> came across and that was right in front of the Ipswich Town fans where Ipswich had, had had the better of the first half, no doubt about it. But then there was a little five-minute flurry. You're just thinking, come on, get to half-time now. You've, you've got in front, you're playing well. And there's that little, well, oh, can Ipswich hold a lead? And Coulson charged across, bang, smashed someone right in front of the Ipswich fans, and then the ball fell to Lincoln again. And I think it was Edmondson there to come out and make a really big block as well. And those are those are the moments, as much as the goals and the attacking play, that that make successful teams. And Ipswich had had the ugly stuff in abundance, and that's that's yeah, that's the stuff that got me going on Saturday
0: i like it i also enjoyed in the last few minutes of chat the the idea that hutch is just some kind of conduit for the ratings the kind of imperceptible vibe that just kind mm. of chant chan- it's
2: exactly what it is mate yeah there's, there's, there's no science to it like <laughs> I, I get it. look every time i post <clears throat> them clearly it's not going to be kind of yep yeah, agree with that nailed it this there's very different opinions and that's fine that's the whole point of it mm. but it but they're not And then, and then, then there's kind of like, yeah, but you gave him four last week, and I didn't. He got, and then someone played similar today and got six. Doesn't work like that. It's all on vibe. It's all on take take the occasion, take the performances, give it a bit of a go, and and, and and that's and that's how it and that's
3: how it comes out. Don't compare the games. That... Also, also, Andy is kind of finishing a match report and sort of crafting those at the same time. So yeah. that they have to kind of come, sort of, they have to kind of come from the brain all the way down the arms and out the fingers, <laughs> just, just at speed. There's not a lot of time for kind of a great deal of thought. Um, doesn't doesn't need to, doesn't need to be made.
2: Doesn't need the thought. It just comes. It just comes. Uh,
3: Andy, am I right in thinking that Cameron Burgess has gone from a three to a nine in the space it's, of it's seven quite, days? It's
2: quite, it's quite a jump. I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's ever happened before to quite that, um, to quite that extent. Um, I think Cladkeys probably jumped probably four marks between two appearances for him. Edmondson would have gone up four uh, in between two appearances, but three to nine, three to nine is, um, is quite impressive
0: an astronomical rise and I just want to reflect on the fact I think you just did a Kylie Minogue dance move there when you were uh exactly. kind of
2: yeah. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's how you do it really it's like channel your inner Kylie bit of Danny Minogue yeah. as well and and then that's just how you do it um get,
0: get the old hot pants on why not um
2: exactly back, your manscape hot pants what, <laughs> given, given Cameron
3: Burgess grew up in Australia that's also quite apt as, as well oh right we are taking all the
0: hot Ticking all the boxes. Astronomical rise, Roscoe. Unmute your mic because I'm coming to you and only you for this one. And then we're going to have a little, little session. I want to take a small minute of appreciation for McCauley Bond. We mentioned astronomical rise. He came into the season probably as the consensus backup striker. He's now absolutely on fuego. Five goals already this season. Should be six, obviously. He's absolutely smashed the ball into net in this, in this game. Appleton saying it's a foul, absolute nonsense to, to take the title of a, an IT crowd episode. Are we not men? This is a man's sport. Clear him <laughs> out. Be stronger, Lincoln defender. What are you playing at? That was never a foul, was it, Rossi?
1: No, it's, it's, you know, it's a great cross from Colson, as I said before, and recorded Bond's just going to win the ball and... Yeah, he's just bumped into his defender and he scored. So um I want to mention I didn't mention earlier I did go for a defeat for this game. You did so yeah. I wanna say I was proved wrong by Itchy's town and Paul Cook and Co. Um so well done boys. Well done. Because I went for a two 0 defeat and uh yeah, I wasn't expecting us to score at all. That's we have uh, talk, I think. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was
3: pinned up in the dressing room
1: beforehand, <laughs> I think. Yep. I think so. But uh yeah, Macaulay Bonnie's um wow. What a start! Can we sign him up now? Can we can he sign? That's the QPR? thing, isn't
0: it? That's the thing. It's straight away. You're we, thinking that we need him. We had that chat
3: on the way home. What What do you do at Ipswich? Is it cheaper to start negotiating this yeah. now, or or leave it further down the line? Um, I don't know whether there is a a kind of a first buy option or an agreed price in in there with with this loan. I think from a QPR perspective, it's going to be very difficult to. Um, I think Andy said you don't send a twenty-five year out on twenty-five year old out on loan normally if you've kind of um got great plans for him going forwards, but even less so now. How do you reintegrate Macaulay Bomb where his heart and mind is so mm. firmly with Ipswich Town? I think this might be one where all parties realise that this has to happen. Let's come to a sensible conclusion. Um, it's just yeah uh, what how they get this done and when when they get this done. But um yeah, never as a lone player, felt less like a lone player, hey, he's um the town fans love him, and rightly it's,
0: so. It's a match made in heaven, isn't it? And I wanna I wanna pick up one of your lines from your um your Stu Says bit. uh, Stewie. Where you, you refer to him as as fans kind of never or certainly not in recent times have fans fallen so deeply in love with a player so quickly. Um and it really is that isn't it it's, you, you feel like there's kind of a special sort of vibe going on um without getting back into into Hutchie's ratings and imperceptible feelings and stuff but it, it's a beautiful thing isn't it Stewie? Go on Stew do it. I'm not I'm, no, definitely not. Go on Stew twerk. <laughs>
3: oh what have we become? Um, yeah it's great isn't it the whole kind of one of our own Charm has maybe got a little bit, dare I say it, sort of overused in football. Anyone who's kind of come through an academy gets mm. gets kind of that that fanfare, despite the fact that they may have grown up supporting another club and and whatnot. Um, Macaulay Bond is a bona fide Ipswich Town fan. The way he talks about them, the passion that comes across, it is like they've literally just stuck a shirt on a on a fan and put them out on the pitch. Um and he's a goal scorer as well isn't he you know it's um he seems to be in the right place at the right time it's not just the goals that have impressed me it's the he talked about having that extra 10% playing with the Ipswich Town badge and you can see that the way he's pressing high again there was a moment in the first half where um he charged down a center back and then he turned and saw that there was nobody within sort of 10 20 yards backing up that press and he really berated his teammates to say come on we got to do this together as a unit and that's that's infectious to to the rest of the team it's infectious to the fans um yeah what great what great signing he's been Mm.
0: never a foul was it Hutchie ridiculous
2: I think if you watch it back it's you can't you can't say it's a foul if you watch it back I'll be honest first time viewing it you see the hands Mm. he was a bit handsy um (laughs) but on a first viewing um you could maybe, I, I maybe thought there was a bit of a push, and I think Michael Appleton, if he's completely honest with himself, I doubt he had watched it back by the time he gave his post-match interview. I think if he watched it back now, he would um, perhaps uh, perhaps calm that down a little bit because, like like Stu said, it's um, it, it's it's about he's got the defender on the back foot there. He's got. But Bond's positioning is better than the, the defender's. Uh, Bond's got the run on him as well. And he's kind of, the defender's kind of trying to turn and defend that all at the same time. And he, Bond just tied him go, up in knots and, and thunder through him.
3: The last bit of desperation from a defender, mm. isn't it? You know, like the striker's got the run on me here. Um, my last play is to kind of go down softly and hope I get, get the foul. But um, yeah, Bond bon had got the run and sometimes that's it. You've, that's it. It's game over once the striker's mm. got... Got the run on you and the ball's placed in the right place, as, as Ross said, hell of a cross. Um, that's it, game over. So, um, yeah, goal 100% all day of the week.
2: Having a player like him right now, is, I think that's been so useful to this Ipswich squad, given that it's all been... Maybe Selene has helped that a little bit towards the very end of that transfer window, but the way this team's been thrown together during a summer, complete players that Ipswich fans have no attachment to whatsoever, an entire team of them put together... Um, and then combine that with a, a losing start and things not going as well, it could, it, it's not a great recipe, is it? But when, when the, I'm going to call him the number nine, obviously wears 18, but when the main man up front is, like you say, a, sort of a a fan of the club, truly one of you, it really helps, I think. I think that's been really, I'm not sure if that was part of their plan in any way whatsoever. I'm sure they just signed him as a as a striker. As a striker, they thought could score goals in League One, but but the way it's worked out has been absolutely perfect for them. I think he went the game. The game he missed through injury, he went to it wearing his own shirt <laughs> and sat in the no. south stand. Uh, uh,
0: that's yeah. It's
2: great, isn't it? Yeah,
0: um, I want to stick with you, Hutchie, because um, another one of the narratives going into the game was, of course, the first time that Town face Teddy Bishop. You had a chat with him on on Friday via the Lincoln. Presser, and he talked about his exit from town being brutal and a bit disrespectful. Um, before we move on from the game and other things, it's definitely worth reflecting on that. So, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I had a good chat with Teddy, who is clearly in quite a good place i think he's um i think he's quite happy with how things worked out in the summer as he said in the in the pieces there's an acknowledgement from him as well as from the staff here that a fresh start was perhaps needed for him i think he agreed with that i think he realized a couple of months before the end of last season that things weren't going to work with him and with him and and cook in terms of styles he he was quite open about that he just does not fit the midfield roles that Paul Cook has in what is a very structured team and um it's all worked out pretty well for everyone that, that he's found a, a good home that that does in theory we didn't see it on Saturday but in theory does allow him to do the the things that he wants to do he, the, the brutal kind of disrespectful side of it was I think it, I think is all it's all it's not something he wanted to elaborate on particularly but it mm. it, it all links into how that monday played out and just how brief the conversations were um, Mm. in terms of you move, you're moving on. And then there's obviously a a spell training with the 23s before this all got shaken out, but he insisted there's no bad blood there. And um, he does genuinely seem like he's found a, found a good place for him. To play football, as, as it turned out on Saturday, and I'm, I'm sure the others will agree, we barely saw him. He was, and we know he can have those games, don't we? Um mm. He can have those games where he is quiet. If he doesn't get on the ball to try and run with it, it's, it's hard to see what you're what you're going to get out of Teddy Bishop. And I, th- I think Ipswich did a good job of not allowing him those uh, those spaces to do it, didn't they, Steve?
3: Yeah, I wonder if Lincoln almost underestimated is a strong word, but they might have looked at Ipswich and thought. There's not a huge amount of sort of midfield fight looking, and that would have been a fair assumption looking at the previous Ipswich Town games. And they went with Bishop and Fiorini, two sort of very technical, attack-minded players in, in their midfield with with Bright as the kind of holding man behind them. But I think that that sort of the that changed obviously the, the the dynamic of the Ipswich Town midfield changed, and and maybe Lincoln was suddenly the team that lost a bit of um midfield control in there. Teddy was very quiet and uh, he got subbed off and got a little bit of stick from the Ipswich fans uh, behind the goal, which surprised me a little bit, um, given, you know, despite sort of the injuries and, and how his Ipswich career drifted, you know, he was someone who'd been at the club from a very young age, was a big part of uh, the playoff season a few years ago. But um, uh, there you go. There's new heroes to get behind now for, for Ipswich Town, as we just discussed with, with Macaulay-Bomb. Mm. Um so yeah, Teddy Teddy was very quiet. We didn't uh, didn't really have a huge impact at all. We've got to get used to this. There's more coming, aren't there? They're spread across the
2: league, so we're going to uh we're going to bump into a few more James Wilson and uh Jack Lancaster both in League 1 come up against them. County games, Gray Edwards at Wigan. It's uh, it's going to happen. Going and to of happen course, a few more times.
0: Of course, the Papa John's trophy. That's the big one. Of course, of course. The uh, the Luke Chambers Cole skews testimonial game, um, Rossi, Before we move on, I just want to reflect on midfield. There, Stu's talked about midfield, and that's obviously been a, an area of concern for Town so far this season. Essentially, what we're in the process of now is a kind of audition process for who's going to partner Super Sam Morsey. Um, Tom Carroll's coming on Saturday, and he's put himself in pole position, hasn't he?
1: Definitely has. But then Raheem Harper, really, I can't get my words out. Raheem Harper, the dream. And mm. um, he played in number ten know, he came on, did he replace Lena or he replaced somebody? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like Tom Carroll. Um, I think when we did our transfers, you know, ratings, I think not many of us put him very high, but uh he's impressed me. Um he was very controlled in that midfield. Um and yeah, maybe he will battle Lee Evans out for that position with Morsey, you know, that that could be the new partnership. So Mm. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It's how many games has Morty got left? To one more one. game, is it? One more game. Or yeah. cast Castle's yeah. the game. He'll come back in. Yours, right. tr-
0: yours truly put him in 18th of the 19th signings. Once again, showing how little I know. Absolute disgrace. I um, did say in
3: there that I thought he had the, the potential to. All right, Stu. Yeah. yeah, yeah you no, one like to, no one likes He's to show too.
0: off. I, mean, oh, I said this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, mate. I put him in fifth. Yeah, whatever. Um, he was yeah, but... uh
3: it's going to be very interesting like you say who, who he goes with there because I think Morsi will is is nailed on to to mm. come in um Evans and Morsi have played together before is that the more experienced partnership there I don't know if that counts for anything I didn't think Evans was, Evans was improved but maybe not enough I think he's got to do more on, on Saturday to stop that being the uh the the Carol Morsey partnership but um mm. It may well be judged on just how how it works on, on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday before we go into that, that Doncaster game.
0: And just finally before we move on for the game, uh Roscoe's touched on it there. Rakeem Harper come on, um, and played a slightly different role and then Cook after the game and said he may have found a, a different role for him, Hutchie. So is he looking at, at playing him further forward now? Do you think he's decided mm, he's not going to work in the in the two role? Maybe let's elevate him to the, the three.
2: Where on earth do you fit him in amongst all of that? If that if that's what you're genuinely saying, yeah, like he's not going to start ahead of Selina up there. There's like Chaplin, um, Scott Fraser, Kyle Edwards, not even in the mix. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure we're suddenly gonna gonna see him starting as a number ten anytime soon. But it, it may just. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that means a tweak to the midfield. The midfield two. I don't know, hmm. just just to allow him to do a few different things, but yeah, he came on and, and he was he was another one who, who sort of battled back. He gained four points on the old Minogue rating scale as well, <laughs> from, a, from a three from a three to a three
3: to a seven. He so, played yeah. as a proper ten as well when he came on. You're thinking, okay, Ipswich are going to go to more of a a proper midfield three with with the with the players that are on the pitch, but he played really high. He was playing sort of you know right off the striker and. Um, looked a better player for having the shackles off of him. And uh, Ipswich could have killed this game off quite easily at 2-0. And Harper was involved in both of those moves. Um, Pulled the ball back for Burns, big tackle on the edge of the box. There was another move that he was at the heart of that was a kind of a zipped one-touch pass where you're never quite sure whether Ipswich were in control of the ball, but that resulted in in Fraser's shot being held. So... um, just another little reminder that he is a good player, and that you know, there's been we talked about that sliding scale of the of rating the players, and um, you know, people were very quick to write off a, a Luco Carroll, Plagkey, uh, others, and and Harper was kind of sliding into that sort of territory. And that's another little reminder that he's a good player, and Ipswich have signed a lot of good players. That that bench was ridiculous for, for League One. You had Norwood on there, Piggott, um. Who else? And then, like you say, you've got Edwards to come back, Morsi to come back into it as well. And that's not even in, you know, Jackson's now out of the squad. Nolan, NCR is still injured. Um, the depth of that squad really should sort of carry them through. You know, when when the games start coming thick and fast, fast in the wintertime, that could be a real strength for Ipswich.
0: Mm. Just just thinking, actually, ahead to the next KOA Live whenever we can get back into a, a venue and do it properly. I think Hutchie on stage, Minocot Pants, those boulders, oh, I mean, don't... that's
2: what everyone wants, isn't it? Look at Sue, exactly. a <laughs> <laughs> little,
0: little musical interlude, maybe a way to, to end the show. Uh, I don't know, anyway. I digress, boys. Any other notes from the game itself before we move on to matters post game?
3: The, the scoreboard, the stoppage time thing was quite interesting, wasn't it? The uh, <clears throat> the officials didn't have the greatest of games, um, and that includes the fourth official. Um, you have one job to do: make sure your board works. It wasn't working. Um, there was a moment when the substi- one of the substitutions, was made, and Ipswich. The board suggested that Ipswich are taking off their number one. And they, luckily, they didn't have the number one in goal, but that that would have been that would have been an arrogant move to take your goalkeeper off at one nil up. Um, job done. Get him off. Don't. <laughs> And then when the stoppage time came up, we just had the board just had the two dashes along the top and that was the only bit that showed. So we had no idea how how many minutes were, were being added on. I don't need, actually know how Ipswich found out themselves as a club. They tweeted eventually that there were seven minutes added on, whether they dispatched someone down to find out themselves. But um, that didn't help the nerves when no one in the ground really knew how indefinitely we were going to be playing for
0: you've only got one job there really haven't you surely they test that before the game to, but they turn it on just to check it works you you anyway um i want to i want to reflect a little bit peek behind the curtain time Stewie. um you interview paul cook after the most games um and last saturday after the bolton game he was obviously not in the best of moods, um, referred to it as one of his hardest days, which was quite a powerful quote at the time. Um, But little did we know, aside from the the trivial matter of football, which of course is, let's not forget, trivial in in the kind of grand scheme of life, he was going through something horrendous behind the scenes with with losing his dad uh, and then couldn't subsequently even go home and see his family because of the midweek game. Uh, Again, another loss, another difficult um, time for him. So, what was he like post game? Because it must have it must have meant so much for him to to get the win. I mean, you only have to look at the picture, Steve Wallace picture of him, kind of screaming down the lens, at really animatedly, um, as if a weight's been lifted on his shoulder off his shoulders. So, what was he like post game? He's quite emotional, wasn't he? From what I've, I've read and seen.
3: Yeah, uh, relief. The same as everybody else. I think you could you could. There was a palpable sense. I think amongst everybody that hmm. finally that's done. That monkey is off the back. That weight has been lifted. Um, and Paul Cook, for, for those reasons, even more so, I, I think, um, he didn't want to make a big thing out of out of losing his father. Obviously, we became aware of it because Sligo had tweeted about it towards the back end mm. of last week. We contacted the club to say, look, is this something Paul wants to talk about? And there the was a, the feeling we got back from... Sort of third parties was that Paul doesn't really want to make a big deal out of this. He wants to doesn't want it to be seen as an excuse. He wants to get his head down and crack on with the job. And we we respected that. Um, Eventually, he kind of brought it up through his own volition prior to this game. Um, You know, I I tried to sensitively ask him if if he wanted to to have the opportunity to talk about his father and the impact he'd had, and said just wave me on if you don't want to. Talk about that, Paul, and he got he got choked up in the pre match press conference and just sort of waved his hand as if to say, "No, I, I, I can't compose myself to talk about that." And he was the same post match um, in this one. I think people have seen the the interview with the club where he, you know, points to the heavens as if you know, getting getting a bit teary again there as well. So I haven't had to go through that. I'd, I imagine the last thing you want to do is think about work and bring your best self to work during that this last week. So for Paul Cook to have still be doing the game, still be going through the press conferences, still be doing everything that comes with this job. Um, you, you cannot help, but have the utmost respect and empathy mm. and sympathy for him. Um, so for out of everybody there, he was the man that I was most pleased for on Saturday, without a doubt.
0: Mm. Um. From from what was obviously a very tough situation to, to something that was a lot more lighthearted. Mark Ashton after the game, Rossi. Um, unmute yourself because I want your input here because you were the man that captured this footage. Take us behind the scenes then because normally post-game, um, the players would go in. Um, you'd go off to meet the, the KOA fan social guys and, and record your video. Um, but this time, we were greeted with, with Mark Ashton sprinting out of the tunnel um, towards you. Um, so, so take up the story from there. So, obviously, that was a completely unplanned thing. Um, <laughs> were you kind of making your way back out of the stadium when it happened? What, how did it all come about?
1: Well, the thing with these sort of grounds, of course, it takes a while for fans to get out because, you know, 1,700 fans, you know, that, that terrace there. Mm. So, it does take a while. And, of course, after a win, fans are still going to be there cheering, you know, and celebrating. And of course, the, some of the players were doing a, a warm down. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just sort of sorting my kit out, you know, ready to go out. And, you know, there's a big, big queue to get out. So I thought, OK, I'll wait a little bit. And I looked over my shoulder and I saw a suited and booted man. And it was the CEO, which was tell Mark Ashton. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting what he did do. Because I thought he was just going to go and clap and go like that. But he then started getting closer and closer. And then he started a, a little bit of a jog. And then he then went fist pump. And then I was like, oh, of course, I've got to film this. And then, yeah, I followed him throughout the whole thing but i didn't think it was going to go the whole way down i thought it was just going to stop at one certain stage and just like sort of breathe yeah. it all in but uh no he oh, went the whole way and um i was at one stage i was going to stop i did actually stop recording you will actually see it on the video i actually stopped because i thought oh, i'm not going to go over and follow him mess a bit you know it's enough now but i hmm. thought you know what now nah, let's go i went on the pitch i probably i don't know if i'm allowed on a pitch but i went on a pitch anyway doesn't matter um and then yeah it's um was a moment to to savour, and a lot of fans enjoyed it. We won't mention Bristol City fans because they didn't. Yeah. Like it. well, we're going to talk but... about
0: it in a minute. I mean, it, he was fired up, baby. As you say, not only did he sprint down there, he then immediately started slapping hands. There was a lot of the yeah! sort of emotion <laughs> coming out, wasn't it? It wasn't it wasn't your kind of standard CEO behaviour. Um, and I know, I know, we've had a few people saying, "Oh, it's it's cringy" and all that sort of stuff. But for me. And I, I can I can kind of understand why people maybe would, would think that was not cool. But for me, I bloody love it because I'm all about passion. Passion in every walk of life is what you need. And why wouldn't he be like that? The team that he just put together, 19 new signings, all that pressure on the miserable start to the season, and they've just got a win where no one thought they could. So why shouldn't he come out and celebrate and slap hands with the fans? This is what we want, isn't it, boys? We've had years of complete apathy Apparently, behind the scenes, and and you know the likes of, of of Marcus Evans not even being seen, let alone running down the touchline, high fiving fans. And
1: I hope he washed his hands though afterwards because <laughs> a lot of hands.
0: Um So yeah. yeah. What did you make of it, um Stewin and, and Hutchie?
1: Uh,
2: it
0: was good, wasn't it?
2: It's that relief again, isn't it? Yeah, and and it it's com- it is completely understandable. <laughs> like you say, he's put together put together this team during a during a hectic time, which. I'm sure he wasn't expecting us to be here on September the 18th for that game still having not won a game. Um yeah I like it. What's like, what's not to like really is it's not I don't think it's something he he's not going to do it every game every time they win is he it's it's, no. it's it's kind of a bit of a landmark hopefully it's a landmark a landmark moment for his team that he and, and Paul Cook have have put together it's like you say it's a complete 180 from what we used to um hmm. and um why on earth not why on earth not hopefully next time he does it it's a similarly momentous moment maybe if they've gone top of the league or or done something even better than better than that further further yeah. down further down the line but yeah why why on earth not
0: i want to see some chest bumps next time stewie don't you yeah. Some Oh, proper...
3: the headbutts that stupid. Head yeah. I still don't know how, why I tweeted that. I don't know if I started to tweet something else and then changed it, and the heads sla- got stuck in there. It's not. What well, did you say? Sla-
0: slapping heads. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that would have been good, wouldn't it? I'm just clicking um, fans around the head. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was an emotional moment for all of us. Okay, I fucked up the tweet. <laughs> yeah. <It was> good. <laughs> I've got no problem with it at all it's uh, anyone behind the scenes at a football club you put you, you work hard day after day to to put yourself to do, do your work. job the best you can and and then come Saturday at three o'clock all of that can be undone depending yeah. on the, what, what 11 people do running around a football pitch so uh, I'm sure everyone who works behind the scenes at, at Ipswich today comes in with an extra spring in their step, whether you're selling tickets, whether you're in the merchandise office, whether you're in commercial or whatever. So imagine that times a thousand if you're Mark Ashton, who has been working. You know, we've got a decent insight as to how Mark's summer was. I've got no problem with that, with that all coming out in the way it did uh, um, on on Saturday. Um you can't have it both ways. We've had years of oh, we don't we don't even know what the owner looks like. We need some transparency, we need some passion. Yeah. You can't then go from that, oh not too much passion though. It's um
0: oh yeah, that's embarrassing. That's that's yeah. too much. Yeah, like oh, he's trying to make it all about himself. Well, no, he's just he's just celebrating a win with with fans. Surely they want to see the CEO feeling that passion and and that kind of thing. Um I enjoyed it. I liked it. Something else I liked, moving on completely from the game, and this is this is the way I could tell that you boys excited you actually enjoyed this it was was a special moment for you it's because Hutchie for a long time you've been teasing taking on Lab East now it's been so long since this original conversation happened I can't even remember under what circumstances it was that you would tackle Lab East but do you want to take up the story because post game to celebrate clearly you went ate a a kilo of meat as any self-respecting fan would do
2: we'll we'll get on to that in a minute There's, there's some issues um yeah, Long-term listeners will know that many, many moons ago um, we discussed that, I don't know why, but we we decided that if if Town won away by three goals or more, I would eat La Beast, which is, a, in theory, a kilogram's worth of burrito from La Mexicana or El Mexicana, I can't remember which one it is. Very, very few of these around the country, but one of them's at Peterborough Services. First up, they went and won five 0 at Bolton against some teenage boys, and we decided that day that that wasn't appropriate to to then do the do the burrito. Then the season gets miserable. Another season goes by. Clearly, they didn't win three by three or more on the road. Then last October time, they did at Blackpool. They won four one. Job done. Criteria ticked, but we couldn't do it. Because every, all the, everywhere was closed because of COVID. Like all of the all of the LMEX uh, establishments closed. Couldn't do it. So this was actually the first the first genuine opportunity where um it was on the table. It was there. So I so I did it. But I must say, I must say at this point, it was anyone that's seen Stu's wonderful pictures of it would think it's horrifically underwhelming. Because mm. I'm not I'm not convinced I'm not convinced there was a full kilos worth of filling in there. Um, certainly not worth the price tag of 1095. That's going on expenses today, Mark. If you could put that, Fair if, you, enough, could, mate. if you could, if you could confirm that by the 100%. end of the day, yeah. um, When I, when I ordered it, like the lady gave me a little smile, a little nod, like, oh, okay, yep, you're doing that, are you? She had to go around the back to get the, the, the flour, the wheat, like the tortilla wrap thing from a different section. It didn't fit in the toaster. Cause it was <laughs> so they had to toast half of it, then turn it round and toast the up to just, just to, to warm it up on the other side of it. And what they've done, Mark, what they've done is they have bulked it out with bread and rice. That's um. what they've done. So it was a lot of bread and a lot of rice. And I think they've just put the regular filling that goes in a normal, large one of those. And then tried to, uh, try to, try to mug me off with it. Cause I'll be honest, I'll be honest, mate. I, it was easy
0: yeah i mean from the picture it, yeah. it, it, looked, it looked thoroughly underwhelming it look at your normal kind of standard issue yeah time. very
2: ta- very tasty don't don't yeah. get me wrong it's still still the Elmex flavor that we that we all know and love um, <laughs> but but wasn't hard bit underwhelmed if i'm honest
0: easy e e easy easy you- so we need to- easy we need another food challenge now for hutchy to do once town have spanked wow. someone on the road so um give us give us your thoughts please koa army food challenge for hutchy to take on next after he's demolished absolutely made the daddy of la beast um did it have any kind of follow-up side effects hutchy any uh digestive issues as a result nope super nope. constitute constitution of an ox hutchy fantastic all is all is well <laughs> all is well Super. um boys Anything else to mention from Saturday before we move on to something else very different? No.
3: No other business, I don't think.
0: Excellent. Let's take this small opportunity then to promote our sponsors. Our sponsors, of course, Manscaped.com. Use code KOA at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. That's code KOA at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Loving the weed whacker at the moment. My nose is less hairy than it's been since I was about eight years old. Fantastic. Uh, and also, never lost at home. The new Wolsey play is on now. The story of Ipswich Town's remarkable run to the Wafer Cup in 1981. Um, musical show, sounds tremendous, go back and listen to the special podcast we did with Peter Pevely and Peter Rowe, the director and star of that particular show, that's running for a month, get your tickets through the new Wolsey website, ticket start at £10, right then boys, um, something else, very different, which happened over the weekend, which had an It's Town link, and I want to talk about, because I, I love it, um, Kieran Dyer on um, Celebrity SAS, you mentioned last week Stewie, um, that it was going to be his big show last night, as we talk about it here Sunday night. And so it proved he was front and center and it can only be described as a, as a rather dramatic show for Kieran, um, because he'd basically been breezing through it, hadn't he? Uh, to the extent you think he's going to just go all the way to the end, because basically the people who don't make it, are the ones they feature early doors, uh, and you'd expect with his fitness and all that kind of stuff for it to be something that he would, he would thrive at. Um, and then last night, I don't know if you watched it Stu. I'm hoping you did. Cause I'm gonna ask you your thoughts on it. Um, he ended up going in, in, in quite dramatic fashion, um, but not before, obviously, uh, talking um, about the abuse that he suffered, which was a really moving thing to see him talking about that in the way that he did. Uh, and then, of course, he ended up, I think he cracked his rib and then he had a respiratory issue, which meant they essentially collapsed.
3: Yeah. And they didn't say this on the show. He punctured his lung. So wow. the, the injury that he suffered was on day two, so people mm. who followed the show, there's the the mud wrestling task where they had to kind of.
0: <laughs> I'm not uh, sure that's the official SAS title. Yeah. But...
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sumo wrestling ring, sort of yeah. out in the sort of the, the Scottish Highlands or wherever they film it, and uh, it's cold, it's muddy, mm. it's wet, and they they're um, they they're aggressively trying to sort of remove each other from from the circle. And Kieran cracked a rib in that. So that was, I think his second day up there. And, uh, yeah, the the bit in the show where you see him sort of on night duty and and collapses and says, I can't breathe. Um, his cracked rib has ended up puncturing his lung. And so he carried on for days with that sort of injury and anyone who's had cracked ribs or a rib injury of any sort will know that that ain't no joke. So physically, I mean, probably shouldn't be surprised this is a man who finished a game of football with a broken leg at one stage of his his career um trained really hard for this was told I think it's a badge of honor for him that he was told that he would have passed the physical test to kind of get in as a normal civilian for the show let alone one Mm. as a celebrity so I've I've got no doubt that he would have gone all the way had it not been for the injury and I know he's gutted not to have uh, been able to do the latter stages of it but um yeah, forget forget all the bravery of the physicality of it for Kieran to go on national television and talk so openly and emotionally about what happened to him as a, as a child. He, people, I think, will know by now about the, the sexual abuse that, that he suffered. Hmm. Um, so brave for him to, to do that. It's one thing talking about it, finally getting to the stage where he wanted to talk about it with his close ones, his loved ones, that's something mm. that he kept a secret for them for many years. Then to do it in his book and, and to talk openly about it in, in the written word was was a major thing, but to to talk about it on camera to that sort of audience,
1: mm.
3: well done, because that, that will go and he probably won't realise, you. they'll never be able to quantify what that will do for other people that have gone through the, the same thing in, in life, and hopefully that will encourage others to... To speak out and not not keep these things sort of bottled up. And Kieran's talked about how it's kind of shaped him and maybe made some of his qualities qualities that he doesn't like about himself. How he's realised that they've kind of all come back to that. And I, I and I know since the books come out, it's been a, a real weight off of his shoulders. Um, so yeah, total total respect for Kieran Dyer for for doing that.
0: Mm, yeah it was very powerful indeed and obviously Siri, you get you get on well with Kieran. we're hoping to to speak to him about the, the show as a whole uh in due course so look out for that boys um how do you reckon you go on in sas because it's, it's
2: i've never watched it but it doesn't i can't believe like
0: you've it. never i can't believe you've never watched it it's well, like a why because it's You don't have to watch it well you don't have to watch it no but i can't have believe you, have you ever watched coronation street i have yeah it's well, absolute well, dog it's absolute dog shit
2: yeah, I've given up. I've, I've got to say, I'm out. I'm out of that now. It's, um, yeah, but you know, I've...
0: you know, you know the premise, Hutchie, It's basically kind of a, a scaled down version of the SAS selection, um, which, as you can, imagine, I can is pretty, imagine. Yeah. pretty, pretty difficult. Um, I love the show because it is so raw and and kind of visceral. Um, and, and the obvious question for anyone who watches it is, how would I do on it? And I will tell you, my friends, I wouldn't do very well because <laughs> one of my big, my probably my biggest issue is heights. I think I've told you before about how um, I once. Uh, on the on the london eye uh, i reduced myself to a, a small ball in the middle of the london eye because it was too high um <laughs> oh everyone's looking at their phone what's going on is there some breaking news no one's listening to me it's all about me boys come on eyes up anyway ross, um
3: ross sharing things in the chat so right. we can wait till after.
0: do we need to we need to down tool straight away um or can no. i carry on talking excellent okay yeah so for me i think physically Physically wise, it'd be all right, but the stuff with the heights would be, I'd be really struggling. And also swimming, which obviously forms quite a large part, just being lobbed into the the freezing cold waters of the Outer Hebrides. Um, Again, I would struggle with that. Um, Roscoe, how do you reckon you get on?
1: I don't think I could pass the medical to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> too, too sickly. Um, yeah, yeah. So your,
0: your immune system's too weak. You'll never make it.
1: <laughs> I won't make the boat or whatever, you, whatever they do to get there. Yeah. But yeah. Stu?
3: Um, I'd be all right with the heights and stuff like that. I quite relish all that sort of stuff. I've done a skydive and I'd be all right with all the abseiling and jumping out of things. I'm, I'm all right with that. Um cold would be a big issue for me swimming again i'm not a good swimmer um mentally like the the mental side of things being shouted at i think i i think it's one of these things you think you'd be all right with but Mm. you don't you don't really know until you get into that and then fit physically just the 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 big long yomps and running for miles and end no not 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 fit not fit Hot, you'd smash it to pieces,
2: wouldn't you, with those boulders you've got? Uh, probably, probably complete it. Can you complete <laughs> it? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. get um, to the end. I mean, I don't really feel the cold. I love swimming, even in very cold things. I don't know what yomping is, Stu, but I don't, I don't think know why I... I use that word. Sorry. What what, is, what what does it mean? Because I don't a, think I can a, do a it. A long walk, isn't it? I it's a walk slash.
0: It's a walk slash run, isn't it? Slash. I just jog. get
2: bored. I'll just get bored of that. No, no, you're all right. I'll um okay I'll, I'll just get back into watching Coronation Street
3: I'm... <laughs> I'm quite stubborn I think I uh, like i, I sort of'll will, will carry on with things we did the three peaks together didn't we mark mm. I was in I was in a bad place but by the time we got to the third leg of that,
0: you're in um... a bad place for about half an hour mate with <laughs> with your back I think like halfway up Ben Nevis you were struggling, but you managed to get mm. all the way to the end and indeed at one point projectile vomiting through through pain so uh yeah you, you proved you were a tough nut to crack there Stewie um it was a shame, sadly, that you projectile vomited in front of quite an attractive lady on the uh, on the climb on the last climb. But there you go; these things happen, um, and I'm sure I'm sure it's not scarred her at all. Um, talking of ladies, Roscoe, <laughs> there's a segue. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey. Um, Ipswich Town ladies are just smashing things to pieces this, this season, and yesterday they um, they they scored their biggest win yet, a quite ridiculous scoreline of 11-2, which for me. Is not good for the women's game when you see scorelines like that, 11-2. What the hell happened? Why were Kingsham so dreadful?
1: Yeah, the word is ridiculous. Um, Although, I'm quoting a lot of fans here, we don't score enough at home. We've only won 1-0 the last three home games. So (laughs) we've uh, topped that very much so. But uh, yeah, the inside info was uh, basically Kingsham, however you say their name, Their first-team players, most of their first-team players, didn't fancy it, didn't fancy travelling all the way to Suffolk. Um, So they played a lot of their reserves. I think there's a few first-teamers in there, but uh, we were just ruthless. That is the word as well, ruthless. They just went and scored. Eloise King, just like Macaulay Bond, she's a a childhood fan of the club. She's, you know, was a season ticket holder. She loves the club through and through. She kisses the badge every time she scores. And just scored four great goals. And um, they listened to my Track the Girls Talk podcast because uh, I said to them, celebrate in front of me because they kept celebrating away from me. So all the celebrations pretty much were in front of me. So, uh, but yeah, ridiculous. And it's not good for the game when you're beating teams at that level. I think Hmm. we're getting used to it in the fourth tier, winning 10-0 and all that jazz. But when we get to third tier, you're hoping for more competitive games. And there have been competitive games than this one, 11-2. Ridiculous.
0: Just kick him out of the league, isn't it, Kingsham. I mean, if, they, if their players can't be bothered to travel to away games, what are they doing playing in the first place? What a complete waste of time. Just kick them out.
3: Can I just chuck an allegedly in there just to, just to cover yeah. ourselves <laughs> with the league. Legal yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. A-
0: allegedly. <laughs> allegedly couldn't be bothered. Yeah, not good. But of course you'll be bringing us a, a tractor girls talk. I assume to reflect on all that in yeah. depth this week with Katie. Um, boys, just very briefly, as we end this pod, about an hour, which is always a good length for a podcast, um, Sheffield Wednesday this weekend, another League One big boy at home, an opportunity to build upon the uh, the first win of the season. Sheffield Wednesday, looking, reading back through through their kind of coverage so far this season, they have kind of split most of their games. I think they've won three of their, their first seven games, lost a couple, drawn a couple. Uh, and a similar kind of comments being made about them in terms of, um, taking the lead and then losing leads and, and getting booed and all this sort of stuff. Um, it, obviously, we'll, we'll reflect on this in more depth later on in the week, Stewie, but but your thoughts, just kind of early doors on, on the Wednesday game. Big one, isn't
3: it? Yeah, it's a big one. There's a chance to build on last weekend. Then you've got Doncaster to, to follow up on the Tuesday night. I always think sort of back-to-back home games on a Saturday, Tuesday really gives you chance to create some powerful momentum. I think I look back to the 14-15 season and I think it, so I can't remember which order it was, it might have been a Tuesday, Saturday but within the same week Ipswich had Wolves and Watford at home and won both of those games looking back and that to me felt like lift off that sort of moment, there's, there's something special building here and Ipswich have now got that opportunity to create that same sort of feeling at the moment everyone's really pleased, answered a lot of questions with that performance on, on Saturday as Andy says but you've got to back it up to really make people believe, and uh, these two home games against Sheffield Wednesday and Doncaster uh, are an opportunity there, because I think Sheffield Wednesday are probably in their welcome to League One phase at the moment, where there's probably sort of a few things dawning on them that um, it's, a, it's, it's a more difficult league than perhaps people first realise when they first drop down. Um, mixed results so far, so a real opportunity for Ipswich now to kick on.
0: Mm. Hachi?
3: Exactly that, really. it's It's got to
2: be You've got to do it again. And again, they they they've got themselves into a little bit of a hole, Ipswich, with their with their start that they've begun to dug themselves dig themselves out of now. They they've got the first win and, and it you you need to build those habits now. They've shown some really good habits at the weekend and answered a few of those questions, like I said earlier, but not definitively. And um start doing it now. Great. Perfect time to do it, as Stu says, two back to back home games is a, is a perfect way to sort of build a, a platform four points from those would be decent in my opinion um six was great four would be just fine and um build a build a season starting from now please
0: mm. I see um berahino scored for wednesday on his on his first start he's going to be absolute different gravy at this level if you can get stuff together um rossi looking forward to saturday
1: back to w- wins baby back to back oh, wins you get,
0: oh get okay so you've gone from predicting defeats now to back to back wins <laughs>
1: Yeah. And after the game, I'll go, oh, they're, they're all rubbish. They're not, you know, they're not good enough. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a very fickle fan. But um, no, I think, we, you know, the momentum and all that. and um, Selena, he's homecoming. Um, I think it'll be a good game. Sheffield Wednesday, although their record, we'll get into this more later mm. on, but uh, they uh, haven't won the last three games. So the normal town thing is to lose against a team who are doing poorly and getting their first win after a few games so uh, they lost against Morecambe. Morecambe you know they've got some good results so far they got a draw against us and they're beating Shiver Wednesday at mm. home for them as well so but I uh, know let's see if they can make it back-to-back
0: wins. Right then gents 65 minutes of podcast gold is recorded in the bag already anything else you want to add before we take our leave Hutchie does of course. yes yes you're you've glossed over another big win from the weekend. oh million pound picks um, I am um, a Just thousand sweep, apologies. A thousand that apologies. Under the carpet. That's yeah, right. yeah, sorry. No, go on you go, my friend. On you go. Just
2: a hundred, hundred grand profit this weekend on, on what was a pure value bet of betting Ipswich to win. £50,000 paid me back. Um, let me get my, my little spreadsheet up. Paid me back £165,000. Um, sadly, I did also put a little bit on uh, Wes Burns to score any time and for a penalty to be missed in this game. They didn't come in, but, um, <laughs> but, but, all, but all in all, um, all in all, a nice hundred grand, uh, a What's nice hundred pot? grand profit. Takes us back to eight hundred and fifteen thousand, so only one hundred and eighty-five thousand pounds down now. So Small we, beans. We're, we're on
0: the way back. Small beans. And how are you getting on in your actual, um, real life betting? Because you were you were quite well up, weren't you, Hutchie? Oh, there we go. <laughs> very, very nice, Stu. Well done.
2: <laughs> very very good. Uh, very well, thank you. Excellent Uh, Undisclosed details But yeah Very well Thank you
0: Superb Um, Hutchie of course Is is off now For the rest of the week Uh, After a couple of days At the start of the week He's missed the game This weekend Um, And we shall miss him But the big porker friends You'll be pleased to know We'll be covering No doubt he'll appear On Thursday's pod The preview pod And also He'll be covering the game With the boys At the weekend Right then boys Any other business What? What? What?
2: Which one of you Wants to Which one of you Wants to take ownership Of the pot For the weekend
0: what? That's a that is a bit surely. That's that is too in, much pressure.
2: If I, I if, give it some, I'll go all if, in. If you give if it, I, no, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you, I'll give you fifteen thousand pounds, and all three of you can have a five thousand pound bet on me.
0: Oh, thanks, Dad.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, some, and some and some smarties and a packet of ma- a copy of Match magazine. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's
0: something we'll we'll sort out on Thursday. Five five grand each to play with, boys. Five um,
2: grand each. Use it use it wisely. I, I keep I keep the profit, so obviously, um, obviously so, and then I might buy you some sweets or a La beast with it with the with the winnings.
0: Could buy a lot of La Beast with those winnings. Um, right then, boys, that's that's it for today, then. It's been a good pod. We've had a we've had a, a good time today, boys. It's been buoyant, I thought, because of obviously the win. A win changes everything, doesn't it? And I think we're all feeling good about things, and it makes our life so much easier. Bloody hell, boys. It's fantastic. Right then. Um, thanks for listening today. Please do remember to support our sponsors, manscaped at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA for 20% off and free delivery. That's the code koa at manscaped.com for 20% off. And free delivery and also if you haven't already got your tickets for the excellent never lost at home musical play at the new Woolsey theater running till the middle of october do that now new Woolsey website is where you get your tickets starting at 10 pounds it is tremendous it will be tremendous um are you boys going to see that there was talk if you're going to see that tomorrow is that you have a little date was that is that still is that happening oh yes well you can you can give us a review on thursday then Stu. fantastic i love that notion you two just have a little night out together lovely um now then that's it for this week then so your week has started with relentless positivity. Hopefully this podcast today has been like bathing in the holy waters at Lords, soothing all your ills from town's miserable to to season. We're up and running guys. We're up and running town of one a game. We are up and running. The podcast is over. Hope you've enjoyed it. Have a great start to the week. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast <laughs> is over. On reflection, this is not my best outro. Anyway, have a great start to the week. We'll speak to you again on Thursday. Crime to Football, Brexit to Hopeful. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.